Bishop Alan McGuckian. You're the Bishop of Rafal. You're an Irish Jesuit. And you have been spending a lot of this weekend with the people of Krishla who are really suffering as a result of the explosion in their village. What have you found when you've been there? The community were shocked just shortly after three o'clock on a Friday afternoon when the shop at the local petrol station, which was a real centre of the community, was blown up by an accidental explosion that's not fully understood yet. Immediately what happened was local people arrived on the scene and even though there was terrible devastation, they ran into the building and at great personal risk began to get people out. Some of them were already traumatised very early on because it was a serious explosion and they witnessed things that were very painful. That was a sign of a really fine community spirit that is in Krishla. Krishla is a small rural village on the west coast of Donegal and it has always had a great sense of community. The death toll quite quickly rose to the number it now stands at, 10. So 10 people either from the village or closely associated to it have lost their lives. Among them, uh, one little girl as young as five and two teenagers and then other adults. Um, It's a terrible thing and, and you find that the community spirit shows itself in that everyone you speak to is concerned about how another family or other individuals are going to cope with the awful shock of the sudden and utterly unexpected loss of loved ones in this tragedy. It's particularly difficult because the number now stands at 10, as you said, but it's a tiny village. I mean, there's about 400 people, so everybody must know everybody. Proportionately, it's a huge blow. That is very true, and everybody certainly is in some way quite close to at least one of the people who have died, and most of them know them all. The little five-year-old girl is in the local primary school, and others worked in the shop, or young people just beginning their lives. One was a young woman who was celebrating a new job. She had recently qualified, and... Just the night before this tragedy, she had been celebrating. And so everybody has been part of one another's lives. And it's really an awful, awful tragedy. Mm. The local curate has been just a real rock of strength for the whole community. And he has gathered on Saturday during the day and Saturday night, gathered people for mass and for a a special rosary at at 10 o'clock on the Saturday night, which he will continue each night over the next week. And many people gathered for those times of prayer. I was there myself for the rosary on Saturday night, and there was a beautiful sense of community. People were reeling from what had happened, and yet you knew that at the end of the rosary, people were happy to sit on in silence. There was a prayerful silence, and uh, only gradually did they begin to a buzz of conversation and then people slowly moved outside and there was that thing where in a strong community people were relying on one another they were 
happy to be together, needing to be together, even though there's nothing anybody can say that can make sense of this, needing to be together to talk to one another and, and just tell the story from each other's perspective. There is a healing in that for people. And, you know, it was something that I noticed from the very start is that faith dimension of the people, even from the first night, yourself, the priest, Father John that you mentioned, the Presbyterian minister, I think it was, who was also speaking. There's been vigils in neighbouring places organised like Falcara and Dunfanahy and places like that. There is a sense of a people whose faith is important to them and who certainly at this time that it means something to them to be able to gather together in some solidarity in prayer. Most certainly. In other parishes, including here in the Cathedral Parish in Letterkenny, there will be a prayer vigil tonight. This is Sunday night, two days after the tragedy. And it's most interesting that when, when people come together and want to gather together in solidarity, it is coming natural to them that one very important way is that they will gather in prayer. Um, thank God it is obvious that they are finding great solace in it. Word is coming into us from all over Ireland and uh, indeed much further afield that people are praying for the, the victims and praying for the community in Creaseloch. As a matter of fact, this afternoon, Sunday afternoon, news came from the Vatican that Pope Francis sent words of consolation and a blessing to her for everybody in Creaseloch and indeed all the people of Ireland. And that means an awful lot to people. There's a sense that we are supported by one another's prayers. That has real traction for the people. What struck me also, you mentioned it in fact, I know you've been on radio over and TV over the weekend speaking and you mentioned it today about a doctor who said that when he arrived on the scene and he said that one of the first sights that greeted him was um, somebody in a pair of flip-flops and a t-shirt trying to dig people out of, of the rubble. And there was something about that image of the way that human beings can risk their lives to help their fellow human beings. When we're tempted to lose hope in human nature, the people of Law just have been such a witness to real loving solidarity and selflessness and service to one another. Yeah, and I, I think that that's what they felt they were doing. It was a spontaneous gesture, just as the spontaneous gesture of locals coming out with trays of tea and sandwiches for the emergency services all through the night when the process of search and rescue was going on. It was quite spontaneous and yet it was an authentic expression of community and those are beautiful values and it is a fact that in this community they are linked to an enduring sense of being a community of faith and prayer. It's lovely to see that at a time when I I, I think there were, there were people who have been around covering the tragedy for media coming in from outside i think they have been they have been moved and maybe even taken aback at the authenticity of the faith prayer and community peace all of a piece together um, long may it last mm. there's something very authentic about it
Yeah, and as you say, long may it last, there are going to be hard days ahead as the numbness wears off and the people are left. Somebody said, you know, the cameras go and the people move on. We all move on with our lives. And yet that village is going to be dealing with this for a long, long time to come. What is it like for you to be a bishop there in that situation and what do you see are the challenges ahead and how can you respond to them? Well, I think the priests and the parish council and the local people will have a real sense that the pain of these losses and so many in such a small community will not go away easily. I suppose there could be a sense of abandonment and bereaved people feeling abandoned when all of the interest and support and talk has moved on. It will be just really important that the community have a sense of pastoral solidarity with the bereaved. One of the lovely traditions is a very strong sense of a month's mind gathering so that uh, one month after a family loses a person, people gather with them and pray again. And then there is a very strong sense of the anniversary mass. Those things that are built into the culture of that community, they will help. But I I think with with so much pain and trauma, even more consideration is going to have to be given to staying with the bereaved going forward. And of course... Something that will eventually comes up in cases like this is where the age old question of suffering and a God of love and how we can square them. What does somebody like yourself say to that and say to the people who just ask why? Why us? Yeah. Well, there are a number of people in the last few days have been very taken by the related the issue of what they called the randomness of this. The person who normally went to that shop at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, who for some unexpected reason didn't go this Friday, or the person who just dropped in to get money out of an ATM machine that they maybe never attended before. Why so random? And random understood nearly in fateful, sinister terms. Mm. Why? Why? And then this is, it, it, it is the question both of the why and the question of the terrible fragility of all of our lives where we are not the masters, mistresses of our destiny. Mm. We are very fragile. And, you know, there is not a, an answer to that that says, oh, no, that, that's not true, you know. We, we don't have to suffer this awful fragility, this the terrible insecurity that goes with this life that we live. What we, as believers, keep on doing is we come into the presence of the living God, of the risen Lord, as we are, with the pain we have. A bit like the lepers in the gospel of this very day, people who were abandoned, excluded, utterly, utterly insecure, and there was no escaping their insecurity, no escaping their situation, but they cried out, Jesus, Master, take pity on us. And as believers, I think we're always standing in that space. We are always crying out 
those words from the reality of our insecure lives and trusting that in this Jesus who walked this way before us, we have someone we can trust in. And that uh, I suppose the big fear and with all of that insecurity and that randomness is that we are alone before a dangerous uh, reality. Um, it is a dangerous reality and our faith tells us that we are not alone. And I suppose all of us stand in that space for our own part and then we seek as we have done in the chapel in Krishna each night to gather together and stand together in that space not denying the randomness not denying the insecurity but believing that we have a Lord that we can cry out to and that he does hear us and that we are in his hands in some way I think that was what struck me when you talked about the silence after the rosary, that it, the rosary was said, but the silence wasn't awkward, as you said. It was maybe something t- the, taking people to a deeper place where maybe they can sense something of that not-aloneness that you're talking about. Yes, you put your finger on it. There is a great power in being together and when we're together in prayer in that way, we know we're with one another and there's there's consolation in that. And then there's this deeper thing that there is the other is with us. And we experience in that, in, in that silent, wordless, conceptless way that leads to a real deep silence. And that's just it. And uh, the other thing maybe that struck me that gives you just even a glimmer of hope in such a dark situation was the way that lots of different groupings pulled together as well, like the organisation, the cross-border cooperation, people who had suffered and learnt their trade in the bombs of Belfast and Oma and Derry over sharing the fruits of what they'd learnt, the Gardaí, the ambulances, the doctors, the psychologists, so many people pulling their expertise as well from other situations of pain and trauma to to be able to try and help in this one. There's something of a glimmer of hope in that too, isn't there? There is. Because this is a quiet, thank God, part of rural Ireland, events of that magnitude do not happen regularly and consequently our services who had trained and were well trained well trained for years had not had to put it into practice mm. in such an awful situation before and so they were experiencing first of all the thing of working together with one another all of the services pulling together so well and then there was the added thing that the service from across the border came and in some instances brought expertises that that had been honed in very difficult situations Mm. during the Troubles in the North and shared their expertise so generously and unwillingly. You could just see on the ground that there was such a huge effort on the part of everybody to do their part when they had to, then to stand back and allow others to step forward. Yes, there, there was, you're quite right, there was a glimmer of hope for a way of being where there was no competition. It was simply there is something really important and difficult that must be done here and whoever's the right person at the right moment steps forward they do what needs to be done and then they step back again and there was a a harmony in that that uh, there was something important to be learned
learn from. Yeah. And finally, Bishop Allen, what would you say to anybody listening to this interview now, to Jesuits, colleagues, friends, maybe who feel a bit helpless in the face of this, but who would like to do something, what would you say to them? We really do bring a trust that our strength comes from beyond. And when I have received offers and promises of prayer, it has meant a huge amount to me. And I know it means a huge amount to the people on the ground in the situation where the suffering is right now. We must not forget that. Obviously, ours is an incarnational religion. Our love is expressed in deeds more than in words. And yet, it is a religion. It is a faith. And I am encouraged by this experience to really believe in the power of prayer as a unifying thing that that has effects on our lives and unites us all with God. So keep praying. Absolutely. And in wherever we are, going out of ourselves and love to those around us, but remembering that we can have an influence on things far away through our prayers.